Hi everyone, you're here with the second season of Floater Founder. I'm your host, Samantha Lloyd, here as always with my co-host, Liza Casey. Hello everyone. And today we have the pleasure of interviewing Shauna Stewart. She's the head of people and operations at Post Beyond. So thank you so much for joining us virtually today, Shauna. Thanks for having me. Um, so tell us a bit about your role at Post Beyond. What does it entail to be the head of people and operations of a startup? It's uh, it's it involves a lot of hats um, that I'm wearing on a daily basis. Uh, you can imagine it's it's really two departments that I'm heading up um, on the people side. You know, really uh, focused on development, focused on um, what we can do to push the team performance, um, and then on the ops side, making sure that the business keeps running. Um, so that's, that's kind of uh, important behind the scenes. And, um, you know, there's a lot of juggling that goes into all of that. And, uh, you know, a lot of questions that come my way about all facets of the business, but, um, I do think I'm pretty equipped to answer those questions and, uh, you know, happy to help out the team, especially when we're in a startup uh, size right now. So, um, definitely a lot of, a lot of moving parts, but, uh, keeps me on my toes. Definitely. Awesome. Yeah. And how have you found that everyone's like motivation uh, and uh, has been like working from home and transitioning from uh, going to the office and kind of doing work from home everywhere? Do you think you feel like uh, people are, are just as motivated to do everything or is there is there kind of like a, a different uh, mentality shift in it? I think, you know, it comes in ebbs and flows a little bit. I think at first, you know, we were concerned, you know, generally about well-being and, you know, our friends and family. And, and there was a lot of external, uh, tr you know, things that distracted people. So there was a little bit of a drop in productivity around, you know, just the beginning of uh, when uh, the pandemic was was uh, first brought on uh, in March. Um, and so, you know, what we did in, in a lot of ways was try to, to speak to that, that well-being side of things and, uh, you know, setting up the team with work from home allowance so that they could set up their environment to be productive. And then also looking at what we could do for virtual care so that they didn't have to leave their homes um, to go to, you know, a walk-in clinic or anything like that or to fill prescriptions and, and things like that when we just weren't sure, um, you know, what was going on in the outside world. So we really wanted to equip them with everything that they needed so that they could focus on on their work. Um, and, you know, we were very transparent as well as to what we were going to do when it came to the business. If we were looking at, you know, a few dips in, in revenue, or if we needed to tap into some government assistance, they knew all of that upfront. And so I think that did help sort of alleviate some of the concern, alleviate some of the stressors that come along with the unknown of what's going on externally. When you're at work, and you know, your day to day is going to be the same, I think it does help to stabilize things a little bit. So we did see that sort of even out out. And, you know, when we look back on performance reviews after Q1 and also Q2, we just came off of, we see that the team is really executing at a high level. And so I think that, you know, they've, they've found their sweet spot a little bit and, and uh, they're, they're conforming in a sense, or I guess, adapting to the work from home state. Yeah, that's great. And I love the work from home, like uh, the perks to set up your home office. That's one of my favorite things that companies are starting to offer now. I think it's really cool. Um, so were you always in startups or were you in a corporate environment before? How did you end up in the startup environment? It's interesting. I didn't really know about um, the startup world or the, the, the tech space before Post Beyond. Um, I was really just trying to get my legs in, in the HR space a little bit and bouncing around and was more in corporate environments at first. And now that I've seen the other side, I don't think I could go back to 
honest with you, I think, you know, I'm able to do a lot more for people and for the companies that I work for when it is a little bit smaller and there's not as much red tape to kind of go through and sift through. I like to build policies. I like to see my environment what we need, what we can do to, to transform the company into one of the best companies it could be. And it's it's really hard to do so when policies are already set in stone in a corporate environment that's been around for years and years and years. So I do think that this is sort of the sweet spot for me and in, in the way that I can do my best work. That's great. And what's one of the policies that you've implemented recently that you feel has had like such a great impact on the team? Um, you know, it's interesting just talking about policies, we've actually just revamped and have done an investigation into some of our policies and actually all of our our policies in our handbook and everything to try and detect biases. So uh, with everything that's going on with, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and, you know, the the big eye on anti-racism, we wanted to make sure that you know, we were looking at our policies more critically um, to be inclusive. So, you know, simple things like, you know, the way that we do expensing. So typically it's, you know, you pay for whatever items that you need, as long as it's approved, of course, and then we reimburse, you know, employees after the fact, but assuming that everyone is set up in a way that they can, you know, take that expense on the head is not inclusive, right? So just looking at it a little bit more critically. So that's where my focus has been and trying to revamp some of the policies that we already have in place. And even just things like, you know, if there's an extended leave around COVID um, that we've we put in place around, you know, sick days and really trying to make sure that we're, we're considering what's going on in the world right now and not just staying status quo. So just looking at that in response to both big issues that are in our face right now and really trying to respond uh, uh, so that the team can be set up for success. Yeah, yeah. That, that's really amazing. And I feel like this is where startups are are the best at being able to react and stay really nimble and kind of make sure that you're you're listening to the world around you. Uh, how, how can how can companies that are growing and they're constantly hiring more and new people? How can they make sure that they 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 maintain flexible? It's it's a it's a tall order, you know, because when you start out, you know, you're typically a smaller team, you're close knit, you're working day and night together, wearing multiple hats to try to make things work. And then when you get to that point where you're scaling up, it is exciting. It's you know, you've done all the right things and you're successful. And and now you need more, uh, more manpower, so to speak, to to get things going a little bit more rapidly. But you really have to think about what your values are and try and hire on those. Think about those shared values that you all say, hey, these are important to us. This is what we want to to add to the team. And then really think about how you incorporate the new people that come in. So looking at icebreakers as much as they're a little bit, you know, cheesy. <laughs> Not a lot of people like to, to play the team building games and do those kinds of activities, but they never killed anyone, right? So I think, you know, everyone wrapping their head around that they're all owners in the company and that it's their responsibility to make other people feel welcome as well, not just it's not just up to the leaders, it's not just up to HR, it's up to everyone. And so understanding that they have to play a part in that initiative and that, yes, there's going to be some team building. Yes, there's going to be some some training and shadowing where, you know, you have to kind of bring someone on your back. But that's a part of it. That's all a part of the process. And as you grow together, you'll see that, you know, you're more cohesive when you are involved in the whole process from beginning to the hire to the training to um, the later parts in their, their time with the company. 
Yeah. And so when you were learning about uh, human resources as a career path to pursue, how is it different from like what you've learned to what you've actually practiced? Because I feel like HR is honestly so broad, like there's organizational behavior and all those other topics to it. And a lot of people think of it as, you know, recruiting and training. Um, So what have you learned that HR is really all about for people looking to pursue that path? Yes, I think, you know, recruitment is very, very different from, you know, the generalist space, right? So um, I think that is a, a misconception that, you know, HR is all about hiring and just, you know, the person kind of pushes the papers when things go left a little bit where there's issues in the company and there's a compliance um, concern. But um, there's so many facets to it. There's so many, um, you know, when I was looking at org behavior, that's what really intrigued me the most from, you know, a psychological standpoint, understanding how people behave and how how they work together and what makes them tick, what motivates them, as we were talking about earlier, all of these play into how productive they're going to be within a company. And I think the world of work and the world of HR has changed so dramatically that it's not just about compliance and protecting the organization when something does happen and an employee is upset or something like that. It's about how we can put in preventative measures to look at, you know, well-being. If you take care of your employees now, they'll be better off later on and then you know, you don't have to pay for the issues later on that will come up, right? And so it's just looking at it from a preventative standpoint, but also you want your, your company to thrive, right? So you're hiring these people or you're, you're playing a big part in, in them getting hired. You want to nurture that relationship. You want to nurture their growth. You want them to stay for a long time because, you know, retention numbers are tied to how we you know, how we're, we're uh, measured on performance. So you want to make sure that you're facilitating that for those new hires. And you're also looking at the remaining members of the team because it doesn't end <laughs> at the point where they're hired. It, it goes on for the entire duration of their, their time with the company. And so even if you come into a company and you inherit all of these people that already work there, you've got to find out what makes them tick. You've got to find out who they are, what they need to keep them going, what you what you need to do to, to help motivate them, how you need to help train those leaders that are, are working with them to make sure that everyone's sort of on the same page and that you're all moving toward the same goal together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And uh, when a companies are growing and hiring, how can they make sure that they they have diversity in mind and so they have they build a team that has diversity of opinion and uh, improve the the product development process at the end of the day. But so how how what are some tips for growing companies that are hiring to make sure that they keep diversity in mind? Well, I think in a lot of cases, especially if it's a startup environment, uh, when you are looking at rapid growth, you likely don't have someone in your company already that can help facilitate that and coordinate all of that. And so you're looking at recruitment firms to help with getting that going to, to, to give you some guidance and assistance. And it's really those interviews that you're doing with these recruitment firms that are important, ask them straight out what their diversity plan is. Ask them what they're doing to diversify the pool of candidates that you get to come across, right? Because if they're not thinking about that outright, then they're probably not the right recruitment firm to work with. And I've had these conversations actually as, as of late when we're looking at hiring for uh, Post Beyond. Um, you know, when I talked to some of these recruitment firms, I said, okay, what are you guys doing around, you know, what Black Lives Matter at, at work or, um, you know, with, with diversity, you know, top of mind for everyone and, and anti-racism at top of mind for everyone. What are you doing around that? And, you know, that's when you get the crickets of, oh, um, yeah, that's, you know, that's interesting. You mentioned that, right? And so those are the organizations that need to do a little bit deeper, a deeper dive to to make sure that they're, they're paying attention to what's going on in the world. 
because these are the kinds of questions that are going to come up, especially right now. And so the organizations that are saying, yeah, we're working on uh, these initiatives right now to bring in more people of color and bring in more black people and bring in uh, more candidates into the pool so that at least we can see some diversity there and then see, you know, how it goes from that point. I think those are the organizations that, you know, these these startup environments need to to couple with so that they can, you know, you know, start off on the right foot in, in their initiative to to grow their team. And um, you recently spoke um, about uh, anti-racism in the workplace. Can you talk a bit about uh, being on the speaker circuit for that and how other people can get involved in speaking to issues that really matter? You know, it was a fireside chat. And so I kind of like the format of that because, you know, not everyone... (laughs) has all the answers, right? It's just really trying to normalize the conversation. We want to really just talk, talk about the elephant in the room and not just let it go unnoticed or, you know, everyone's thinking about it. You know, ultimately that's what it comes down to. This isn't something that people can just ignore. So I think, you know, the form in which they had it was just sort of, you know, we're kind of spitballing off of each other and talking about our own experiences and also talking about, you know, what it means to hire black talent. Everyone that was on that call that was was listening in was wondering, okay, well, I do have black employees. I haven't talked to them about any of this. I don't really know what the next steps are. Should I mention anything? Should we just, you know, work on it with ourselves internally or, or what have you? And so I think the takeaway from that was, no, <laughs> you know, it's okay. You should be doing some some reflecting and, and, and being introspective and learning and unlearning and all of that for your own self. But at the same token, you have to show that you support those those employees that you've hired um, that, you know, and show them that that you're doing something that you're, you're even having just a conversation. Are you OK? You know, we had Jacob Blake, that situation just happened. And so, you know, it's top of mind again for everyone that there's an issue out there. And so it makes us spill spitball and, and think about all of the other issues that are happening in work at the, at work as well. So uh, in order to be anti-racist, we have to, to vocalize that we are that and speak up um, when, you know, issues come up in companies and, and you see something or hear something that you don't agree with, or you know, that is wrong, you know, talk about it and talk to, to your employees, talk to your coworkers and, and just ask them, how are you doing? How are you doing with everything that's going on? And not just the black employees. Everybody's affected by this, right? So checking in, doing a wellness check and seeing how people are feeling on a general, in a general sense is really important. Yeah, I think that's definitely important to keep in mind to check in with your employees. A lot of companies have, of course, done like a lot of outward work on it, like on social and things like that. But it's important to not, of course, forget that your own employees are impacted by what's happening as well. And what do you think startups can do long term to help um, maintain their diversity initiatives and their anti-racist work as we move forward? Yeah, it's it's definitely a marathon, you know, and I think it it's there's a lot of pressure to to be reactive and to to do the things right away and to announce it right away on social and 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 show that we're you know responding um, in the right ways. But it really is going to be a long term battle. Because we've never talked about this at work before. You know, this is the first time that this is on a grand grand stage like this. And so it will take some time for us to normalize talking about what is right. Um, and so I think, you know, looking at a long-term strategy as opposed to, okay, well, what, who do we want to donate to right now, right? Looking at long-term, if you're going to do a donation, then make it a year-long donation and, you know, evangelize it 
every month and maybe match the proceeds that your team, you know, raises every month so that you keep momentum, right? Just think about, you know, other ways. If you have equipment that you can donate to certain organizations, doing the work to find out what those organizations actually are, what they look like, showing, you know, your team that you're actually doing that, that research and checking in with those organizations to, to make sure that you're actually what they're looking for in terms of assistance, right? So it, it is a, a partnership. It's a long-term um, goal. And I think that looking at even just diversity in hiring, you know, it's just keeping the conversation top of mind. And I know at Pulse Beyond, we, every single time we meet with the leadership team on a weekly basis, we uh, talk about, okay, so what are we doing around Black Lives Matter at work? How, what is your research shown? What do you think we should do here? And, you know, just um, continuously following up on, on the initiatives. And we share that with the team as well on our Friday All Hands, where we say, okay, so we go through all the things that are going on in the company. And that's one of the items that we talk about. You know, we're talking about the policy that we're looking at the policies and this is how far we've come on, on revamping the policies. And this is what it'll be going forward because this is more inclusive, right? And explaining why we're doing certain things. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's amazing. And uh, for my final question, can you tell me something about yourself that's not on your LinkedIn page? Um, I mean, there's so many. <laughs> there's so many things. Um, I'm a huge Raptors fan. That's probably that you couldn't just detect from looking at my LinkedIn really quickly. I, um, before the, the lockdown happened, I was wearing, you know, Raptors gear almost every single day to work. Um, and, you know, when you're the person who plans all the events for the company and you can make them Raptors themed, um, yeah, you know, I, <laughs> I did that a lot. Um, so that's, that's one thing that uh, I guess a lot of people wouldn't know about me specifically. Um, and I guess, yeah, like, I mean, I'm looking at these waves because we're, we're right now on this podcast and it shows you the waves of your voice. And it reminds me of when I was doing music and recording and I was in a Motown band and, and that's something that uh, people don't know about me, but I love Motown music. I'm a huge fan of, of, of old school. And I say that very loosely when I say old school, but seventies, eighties, nineties, love it. And um, yeah, I mean, those are, those are two little, little, bits about me that you wouldn't know just from looking at my LinkedIn. That's amazing. That's really cool. Yeah, and two yeah. very different things yeah. too, sports <laughs> and music. Very different. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Shauna. It was such a delight to get to speak with you and uh, talk to you virtually. And yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you so much. I learned a lot. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for tuning in to Floater Founder every week. We look forward to bringing you more content from more amazing people in our city. Until next time.